ESPN1420N.com. Because for sports fans, there is no off. The pitch. One drive to deep right field. That ball is gone. Get out the great Poupon. That's a grand salami. And the Cajuns have broken it open. Woo! Seven to two. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank on a Friday. Host the Tops Take, color analyst for Raging Cajun Baseball, owner of the Jambalaya Shop, friend, friend of yours, Brad Topham, joins me now from Montgomery. Really important question to kick things off, Brad. Did you have biscuits for breakfast? Dude, the biscuits here are almost non-existent. They start. They said they come out in June, so oh, no. Man. Actually, I had a but. But there's an omelet station that comes with your room downstairs, so I'm okay. I mean, the egg white omelets and onions and peppers and jalapenos, so I'm okay. So I, I see. I've learned a lot about biscuits this week because I didn't know that they were kind of famous in that area. Uh, the minor league baseball team named the Montgomery Biscuits, but also like seasonal, like that. So you know, we're only a few days away yeah. from June. They can't hook you up with some biscuits here. What's the deal? I mean, that's actually you know, Papa Tim Perrin was so upset. The first thing he told me he goes, "Hey, bro," I said, "What?" He goes, "They don't have biscuits at the park." He was so upset. He went to everybody. The woman's like, "Well, I, I can get one out early and make one for you." <laughs> he, he, he was, I don't know, man. Yeah, no biscuits. Well, maybe I mean there's other parts of Montgomery. Maybe you know you got a you got a day to just kind of hang out. Maybe you can find some. But um, yeah, that's it. What what a what a game last night, man. Um, gosh, uh, we'll, we'll get to the grand slam in a minute. But let's just start with the the pitching duel between Tuthill and Cook. Um, Tuthill obviously went longer, and it and it eventually did catch up with him. But he's a you know grand slam aside, he's a great player. And the Cajuns to yeah. to get some, you know, to get uh, a couple of those runs early on, man, that was a huge. Uh, tell me this, Brad. Just Drake Osborne early on, get going yard, getting some insurance run, you know, um, being up two nothing. What does that do for a team? What does that do for a Connor Cook whenever you've got that small cushion? Well, it makes the fifth inning when they had runners on base, not quite as bad. Because even if you give up a hit, you've already got a cushion. It makes the drop fly ball with two outs in the second inning. The guy gets all the way to second, a little less stressful because you're up one nothing at the time. Yeah, man, having a lead takes the pressure off because, look, we're all counting that. When it's an elimination game for your for some of these guys, their career, I mean, I've been there, you're counting outs. So when you have a lead, counting outs are a little bit easier. Brandon Talley came in and uh, was unhittable, um, you know, and then Tuthill starts to – and he had retired, what, 10 straight batters, three clean innings, yeah. and uh, two outs in the seventh, 3-2. Two. 
Deggs goes from Tally to Arigetti. Uh, were you surprised in that moment? Now, I'll play the audio of, of Deggs talking about it after in a minute. But in the moment, were you surprised? Were you expecting that? Oh, no, I was expecting it. The only thing I was expecting that might have been different would have been uh, Schultz to close. That is the only thing I would have maybe have been different. Um, but I understand why he didn't because I know what I would have done. But, no, man, I'm looking at this like if we're going to win it, Carter Robinson is going to start a game. Eric Getty's going to start a game. And if I can't get to Saturday, then it doesn't do me any good. And knowing I'm not going to burn him, he threw 40 pitches. A good, a, bull, a good bullpen on Thursday for a Saturday start would have been 30 pitches. You know? So I'm okay with it. No, I wasn't surprised at all. Here's Deggs on uh, why he went to Arigetti in relief at the moment that he did. I wanted to get Spence in the fray at the back of an inning uh, to let him get that adrenaline going with two outs. Mm -hmm. And then the kid that I matched him up with was hitting like 350 or 60 against lefties, and I didn't want him to accidentally run into to tally. Uh, this is an offensive ballpark, especially to the pool side, left field side, uh, and I didn't want uh, – I just didn't want that to happen. So I want to go ahead and, and throw him in the fire right then. So on one hand, if the game's close, he wants an opportunity to bring him out in a tight spot. But if it's seven to two at that moment and not three to two, he probably doesn't come in. Maybe he starts Saturday. But uh, Coach Deggs playing to win that game in a moment where he felt like he had to have him. And then folks are saying, oh, why are you leaving him in there in the night? Well, at that point, like you said, he's – he hadn't thrown that many pitches. Like it's he can't. He's not going to be able to turn around and pitch in two days as a starter. But he, you know, unless he, you know, goes really. If he had to pitch too many in the ninth, they would have pulled him. But he can still pitch on Sunday. And if if you get to Sunday, so I get once you put him in there, why you why you left him. Um, and at this point, if you get to Sunday, Cook threw sixty two, Arigetti threw forty. You'll 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 play both of them, but. Saturday, man, against Georgia Southern, you're going to need that bullpen that's been very good, but you're going to need all of them to um, to pretty much do all the work on Saturday. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a situation. I actually had this in a playoff game. After fifth in, then we had Sam Schofield, who was a stud, and we said, all right, we're sending Sammy back out, and then we score four runs, and Coach looked at me and said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to keep the same plan. The, their score shouldn't dictate what we do if we think this is what we need to do to win. So I don't blame him for leaving him out. He was at 25 pitches going into the inning through 15 pitches. Um, you can, you can overplan stuff, Scott. You can overthink stuff. Get to the next game. Not, I mean, you're here to win, but you're right. If you're throwing too many, yeah, I would have went and got him. But uh, the Dex is, uh, Dex is right. Uh, we, I saw him when he came in. The guy Spence came in for was at 359 here against left handed pitching. He was at the top, at the bottom of the order, too. This is what's crazy. Nine-hole hitter. But his OPS is over 400, and you're 3-2 at that time. He hits lefties well. So, I, I, yeah, I was on board. And, by the way, the other thing, when Deggs made that decision, the aforementioned pitcher was in the rocking chair in the middle of that run of sitting down 10 guys in a row. So there was no momentum on the Cajun side. Arigetti helped that. And, by the way, you got to ask Deggs about the Diet Coke shotgunning. Um, next time I talk to him, I, will, I know that's his go-to, right? It's like he, I, I, had a, I had a discussion once with him about how I'm addicted to Diet Dew and he's kind of addicted to Diet Coke, but, uh, 
Yeah, man, whatever it is. Shotgun won the dugout. Well, yeah, he's got, I mean, sometimes you need that kick, Brad. I I get it. Like, I totally get it, you know. I don't know that he used, like, a key and, like, broke it open, like maybe, you know, Brad Topham did back in the day outside the Cowboy (laughs) Club with a beer, but, you know, I mean, you whatever whatever you, I mean, these are facts. I'm not making any of this up. Um, No. Uh, I, I love you want, ben, you want to film on that light. I love uh, I love Ben Fitzgerald. What did you see on that pitch? Here's his response. Honestly, I don't know. I got back in the dugout and one of the guys was like, "Hey, you finally hit a curveball." And I was like, "Well, I didn't even know that was a curveball. I thought it was a fastball." So, <laughs> it, he so I, I get that he's had a dozen home runs this year, top. He hadn't hit one in over a month. And for him to hit a grand slam in that moment, oh my word, Jay. And then to, he gets the bad flip, but he's just like having fun. And then he's like, I didn't even know. I just just swinging. I didn't even know it. Sometimes, man, when you do, you just do. Well, first of all, he's correct. He did not hit a curve a curveball. He hit a fastball, eighty nine miles an hour, shoulder height away. I mean, Scott, it wasn't a good pitch to hit, and he uncorked on that ball. But you know, I brought that everything changed that in, and I brought up that diet coke because I actually takes post game. The dugout erupts right about the time Deggs walks out, and then CJ plants the first pitch. Now, get this. He hit it over the padded wall, but there's a one foot of chain link fence above it. Otherwise, CJ's is a bomb. So you get all Ben's coming up, and, I mean, look, when he hit it, let me put it this way. I'm glad, and I told him this, I'm glad it's Jay Walker making the call because the only thing I could think to say at that moment when he hit it was bleak, yeah. That's all I could. That's all that came out of my mouth. And Jay's making fun of me. He's like, all of a sudden, as soon as he hits it, you throw your hand up in the air and you just start swinging wildly. I'm like, man, I felt like I was at Jersey Shore. I was just punching the air nonstop because that was the only way I could keep from not saying something inappropriate for the radio because I was pumped up. It, I mean, look, was this? But was it. this you right here? <laughs> or was that Jay? Yes. No, that's definitely yeah. me. Yeah, I, I, of course it is. So, you know, you did let something out. And what, Jay, with the, what is it, grape a ball? The pitch swing and a long drive to deep right field. That ball is gone. Get out the great Poupon. That's a grand salami. And the Cajuns have broken it open. Woo! Seven to two. I mean, I, you know, the more I hear <laughs> yeah. it, the more I'm just getting hungry for a sandwich, dude. Yeah, look, I give Jay credit. We've actually, Jay and I have had this conversation about all his years. You know, every a lot of guys have a home run call. Stevie has one. Everybody, he doesn't, Jay doesn't have one. He said, no, I just, I've always done it naturally. And honestly, Scott, I've thought about it. I'm like, I, I would just call the play. I wouldn't have it naturally. But his grand slam, but that's his, uh, that's his <laughs> only home run call he does. Oh. But by the way, you're right. Ben hadn't hit a home run. And look, sometimes, I've spoke bad things into existence. I'm, I'm that superstitious fool. But pregame, we talked about it. Ben Fitzgerald had not hit a home run since the 25th of April at Little Rock. It had been a long time since mm-hmm. he hit a home run. So he, I hate to say someone was due for a home run, but, oh, man, it was, a, uh, it was massive. And I, I, didn't, I didn't even see him backflip. I was just so in the moment. I didn't see anything he did. Uh, I, he could have done a cartwheel, and I wouldn't have known it. Uh, here is uh, Fitzgerald on uh, on the bat flip. Um, it was just it's fun. I mean, a moment like that, a grand slam, always you want to you enjoy that. But uh, like a last inning like that in a close game to kind of bust it open like that is 
is special and you know you can hear everyone from the dugout and you know they're going crazy and uh honestly I was just trying to be like my uh my younger brother whenever he hits a home run he he throws the bat up and uh I got one good enough where I could let it go his younger brother plays juco ball but uh but yeah what a what a what a great moment there man for him and I noticed he was wearing a, a, a the dog tag after uh, I don't know how many folks knew that, but I had the keen eye. That's the uh, that's the old nasty necklace, I'm sure, that he got from his teammates afterwards. Yeah, and look, I got to tell you, here's a better one. I love it. We met his mom, Miss Shelley, after the game. So she came up to Jay and I as we were walking out. So, you know, I hear y'all voice, and I know it's a y'all, which is weird for the parents that have never met us, and we're walking, they hear our voice. So, you know, she's in from Iowa. So she comes and introduces herself, and she told them before the game, said, look, you had hit a home run and it's forever. If you don't hit one out today, you can't eat. I ain't feeding you. He says, so she, he steps out the dugout after he gets back in the dugout, looks at her in the stands and goes, can I eat now? That's funny. So mom had a little motivation there. That's funny. ESPN 1420.com. All right, we got a call who uh, a caller who wants to get in on uh, on the line with us. Welcome in this morning. You are on the Great Scott Show with, uh, with myself and Brad Topham. How are you? Hey, guys. Kirk calling. Hey, Kirk. Just, just curious. Um, Cook through sixty-three, tally through twenty-three, arrogated through forty. Not a whole lot of pitches. What are the chances right. you can expect to see them again this weekend? Oh, uh, you could see tally say- Saturday, okay. and I think if you get to Sunday, you'll definitely see Cook and Arrogetti. I mean, Brad, Brad would know better than me, but that's that's my thoughts, and I think that's what Deg said as much. Top. Yeah. Oh, I know. Arrogetti will be a start, a full go. Uh, 30 pitches is basically a bullpen two days before you start. So the 40 pitches – oh, look, with the 40 pitches, let me rephrase that. He could start Saturday. He wouldn't be as sharp. Your best chance is starting him Sunday, and I would not be shocked if Connor Cook does not pitch on Sunday. He'll pit, Yeah, you'll see them both. If you get to Sunday. Right. If you I, Sunday, I like yes, that. Absolutely. So the, the 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 low number of pitches that they were throwing, I was like, okay, this might go ahead and work to our, to our benefit. And we kind of like, I, I think, you know, during one of the Cajuns games, I don't know if it was uh, the Magnese or the um, second LSU game, um, when accidentally, you know, um, Coach Glasgow pulled um, uh, Kendra, and she threw six innings, and then Summer ended up through five innings, and it worked out really, really well. I think it was by accident, but it – was yet was last night scripted when coach play uh, went ahead and threw these three guys like that? Was that scripted? Well, you yes, can't. it was definitely scripted. Yeah, no, well, it was scripted. When he was going to throw them wasn't scripted, right? But it was definitely scripted. There was no question early on. The only two guys that were in the bullpen was Tally and Arigetti. They if, were definitely the two it, that were. Yeah, if if it wasn't three to two and it was seven to two, you know, prior it ended up being seven to two, but not till the eighth. Then Arigetti doesn't throw last night, right? It, you know, right. if, if you yeah. if you hear you hear the, the the audio I played from Deggs earlier explaining it, explaining the situation, and I'll play it again here in a minute, Kurt. But no, I don't I don't know that like they went into last night's game basically open to we'll do whatever we have to do to win. Um, and if if it's a five nothing six one game or something, Tally might go up against that lefty. Tally probably goes longer. Uh, Arigetti might be starting Saturday, right? But that's not what happened. I mean, it's three to two. You got a guy coming to the plate that was batting what, Brad? Three fifty nine. Um, three fifty nine against lefties. Yeah. yeah, against lefties. There you go. So, and then at that point, like I said, once you put Arigetti in there, 
you leave him in because you're not going to necessarily start him on Saturday, but you're going to probably bring him back in relief uh, or or maybe to start on Sunday if you get there and the extra pitches in the ninth. And Brad, you can top you can you can speak more on this, but when you're pitching in the ninth and it's seven to two instead of three to two, there there's those pitches are different on your arm as well, no? Yeah, it's different, but you know the juices are flowing, and baseball is a game of momentum. Even though it's two days later, you also wanted to finish that game clean and fast, and you keep that feel. Right now, every Cajuns walk around this, you know, with their sleep. But when they get them, start walking around. They're going to be walking around with confidence. They're going to be feeling good about themselves, and they're not. There's no negative. So not only did you win that game, you won it on a high note, and you're heading into the semifinals feeling good about yourself. And look what look what the fast start can do for you. I mean, when we scored early with uh, Osborne, but no, uh, you'll see him again, Scott. You're absolutely right. If it's ten to two early, you do not see Arigetti. But at that early in the game, yeah, you you get your best on the mound, you win the game, and you get to the semis. Wow. Cool. Yeah, yes. Thanks for the info, guys. Y'all have a good one. You got it. Appreciate the Thank call, you. Kurt. ESPN 1420.com. Um, Brad, here is a listener submission question. He says, um, what happened with Cook in the throw to third that went to the dugout? Okay, so the, the two, a couple things happened. First off, the umpires blew it all around in a way. They should have got two bases, not one. And here's why. Cook, um, Cook's a grip guy. Again, if you ever watch him, he digs his grip. He digs the ball into his hand hard every pitch. I made a comment in the fourth inning. Cook's jersey was much darker than everybody else's. I mean, he was really sweating. And he was throwing really hard. I mean, Cook was hitting 95 routinely early on, and that's not him. I think he was a little jacked up. So normally you look at the umpire and you kind of like shake the ball left to right, meaning I want a new ball. And you throw it to the catcher. Yesterday, he just pointed to the dugout, so he threw it to the dugout. He walked the, the batter. The ball was thrown back to Connor. He kind of just showed it to the umpire and just turned and threw it on the ground to the dugout. Time was never called. So basically, it was the same as the catcher overthrowing the pitcher. Maybe what happened. So the runner should have moved up. Here's where the umpires blew it. And I got this verbatim from a Cajun player. Jeffrey Menard was at the opening in the dugout. He had been collecting the ball. He definitely touched the ball and grabbed it. That should have been an automatic extra base. Here's, but here's the other side of how they blew it. What people didn't see is the home plate umpire handed a new ball to the catcher, Drake Osborne. So the home plate umpire put another ball in play, which should have immediately called. So technically, they should have given him two bases or brought him back, if that makes sense. So what they did was probably the best of both worlds. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. For those of you listening on ESPN fourteen twenty via the app, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. We are visiting with Brad Topham, owner of the Jambalaya Shop, color analyst for Education Baseball on the radio and a host of Tops Take. All right, before we, uh, I get your your thoughts on a matchup with Georgia Southern who will uh, play ULM today in a game that they don't have to win. What 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 was an aspect of – and I ask you this a lot, Brad, after some games, but what do you think is the most underrated, overlooked aspect of last night's win for the Cajuns, something that doesn't get talked about much the next morning, but it was crucial in your mind? Honestly, the um, 
the, the things that could have went really bad in games this year that have gone bad, the mistakes that shouldn't have happened, for example, uh, miscommunication. I know this sounds nuts, but the wall in left field is 20 foot closer, basically, which means your left fielder is 20 feet closer to your shortstop. Bobby, the, the left fielder should have got balls that he didn't. A ball that fell could have hurt. Um, Jonathan Brandon airmails one into the dugout. That could have hurt. It was the field, Scott. It was a high hop. And when he came down off the hop and planted, his back foot slipped about three inches. You could, uh, clear as day, I could see it move. And when he did, it made him tilt, and he airmailed it. The, those things not snowballing. So often those have snowballed on every team, not just the Cajuns. And for me, it's more of what didn't happen. Often that snowballs, and, and the, to use a robism, the inning will spin out of control on you, but the pitcher did not let it happen. And that, to me, was the biggest thing. You, you got the out after the error, and nothing spun on you, and it was, it was impressive. All right, Georgia Southern, they've been playing really good ball down the stretch here, heading into the tournament. Um, they, what, they put up 10 runs in opening uh, the first, their first game this week, 10-1 to 1 over Georgia State. Um, essentially won the won their way to the semis there. They still have to play ULM today in a game that is just for the heck of it, I guess. Um, but it's dumb that the Sun Belt won't announce the – they won't put on their website, like, who South Hour Louisiana is playing Saturday. They just put Pool B, Pool D winner, even though we all know who's already won it. I don't yeah. know why they – you know, some of these semantic things are so stupid. But uh, – but – Georgia Southern, okay, kind of like App State. You got a team on the other division in the Sun Belts, hadn't played them this year. What? What? I know you guys have been hanging with Danny Reed a little bit. What do you anticipate being the biggest key, biggest story in this matchup? And what is uh, what does Georgia Southern do really well? You know, if you look at their schedule, they they have weekend stinkers. There um, for a while there, we. We really thought they were going to walk the conference and get in that large bid. And then they'd, they'd go to Arkansas State and score four runs in three days. And they just lay some stinkers out there. But this is what I know. One of the best closers in the country. He's uh, Mariano-esque in that he throws a fastball, not a cutter like Mariano, but he's going to throw a fastball 92 to 94 almost every pitch. But he can turn it over. He can make it run. He can just manipulate that one pitch. Nate Jones, 17 saves, side of the conference record. You don't want to get to him. They're starting pitching, nothing special. The ones that are left, nothing special. The hitters, they got some special. You got the conference player of the year. You got um, Christian, this is a joke. I say his, his name's Avant. I call him Avant. I say he doesn't know how to say his name because he's from the wrong state. But he hit 370. He's got 12 doubles. He's got five bombs. Um, their DH has 14 bombs to go along with their uh, Mason McWhorter with his 16 bombs. They swing the bat, and you could have a game where you look up, and these guys are capable of 10, 12 runs in a heartbeat. And listen, I know it's not crazy. We're playing during the day. The ball leaves that yard routinely during the day, and the alleys are huge. Uh, last night, the ball Tyler Robinson hit is a three-run home run anywhere in America except there, and during the day it's a home run. At night, it died at the end. So what they're really good at, they're really good at swinging the bat, and they swing it with some authority, a lot of gap power, and some legitimate leave-the-yard power. So 
Yeah, you're not. They're a team you're not going to feel comfortable with them hitting at all. You got to keep it close in a game like this. Um, I, I Deggs would not say who would start, but we all expect it to be Carter Robinson. How far he goes, you're going to have number of guys you rely on. Ideally, Brad, and realistically, you know, if it's a tight game tomorrow. How many pitchers do you expect the Cajuns to throw and maybe who comes out first, second in terms of what the plan is? Because if you get to Sunday, you got, you know, you can use Arigetti and Cook, but uh, tomorrow, man, it looks like it's going to be the bullpen who's playing really well, but they got to go out and win this thing. Well, this is where the uh, fourth, fifth inning becomes your leash. That's Carter Robinson is not a – I don't want to call him pitch to contact. It makes it like he can't pitch, but he's not a guy that's up there with wipeout stuff. However, his last start at home against Troy, he had wipeout stuff. He really did. His slider was devastating. Fastball was sitting at 90 consistently. And if he can be that same Carter, you know, you get four or five. Look, Chipper Bernard, if he throws strikes, he's going to get outs. You're going to have tally for an inning to close. You're going to have Shake, Dick of Schultz. You're going to have Menard. You've got Perrin. But consistently, I know that you've got three lefties down there that can get you out. You've got Schultz that can get you out. And you've got Nelson and Wilson. What I'm expecting is if we get five out of Carter Robinson, great. I won't be shocked if after four, if he's gone and we're in the pin, because you have a pin like that. And you know what? You're right. Hey, if it comes down to it, I'll take Arigetti fresh and Cook to close. Look, what happened with Cook yesterday was his emotions, too, getting the best of him. I'll also take those emotions for two innings on Sunday and watch that kid come out and throw 95. So, yeah, I'm expecting four, maybe five would be great. And then the bullpen, because Tally got used for 23 pitches. That's nothing. Your bullpen is fresh, and they're going to be ready. You got to get to Sunday, get it done tomorrow, and um, put yourself in a position to create a moment. But uh, they had to get the win last night. They did. Brad Topham has been our guest. Topham, they've got the call. Uh, they've got up tomorrow, um, 3.30 scheduled pregame. We'll see. It depends on how long the uh, the first game lasts. Uh, that one is set to take place at noon. So it'll be simulcast here, though, Cajun baseball tomorrow and then potentially Sunday, ESPN1420N.com, as well as the app and Newstalk 96.5 KPL and their streaming platforms. All of it is um, powered by Learfield IMG College. Brad, you got time for one more uh, call from a listener before we let you run? Absolutely. All right, let's head to the phone lines. I think we got Jones on line two. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Good morning, gentlemen. Great job last night, Top. Great job. Just for a Thank baseball you. person, it's great to listen to you. And, of course, you add a lot to Jay Bird, as we all know. Uh, anybody can add something to Jay Bird. Real quick, I know you'll press on time probably. Uh, Connor Cook, I've got to know of him and his family through my nephew's son, who is good friends with him. And he was very emotional in high school, the best athlete in high school. Gave up basketball, as, as Top, you probably know, to play baseball. Yeah. And, of course, with the tragedy of his father and grandfather. Top, as a base, former baseball coach, my question is, is that just a matter of maturity where that emotion, to, to, to control the emotions where it affects your physicality? What, what, how, is that just growing up something? Because he's got all the tools. He's got the body. 
you got the hips, the legs, the shoulders. What would you, as a former baseball coach, what's a recommendation to bottle that? No, for him, look, part of my deal was I never believed him as a starter early on because of his emotion, because he's built around that closer mentality. Because I call it adrenaline junkies or, you know, that steroid mentality. I don't mean he's on them. I'm just that, that adrenaline. I'm right. pumped up. I'm going to get them. And starters need to be under control. And the only answer there is a coach that's going to call a duck a duck when he sees it. And mm-hmm. post-game Dave said, we got to do a better job controlling our emotion and the experience. Look, Connor, right. you got to keep putting their feet in the fire. And look at Major League Baseball. they got guys in their 30s who are stars who still lose their emotion on the mound and get the better of them. You know, right. some guys can right. control it. And I'll give you an example, and I don't like him, but Trevor Bauer is an emotional idiot, but he's learned to control it now. Remember, throw the ball over the center field wall from the mound in a major league yes. game. Now he's making right. $40 million because he's finally learned to harness and not let the emotions get the better. Acknowledge that you got to work at it, and just you need right. the experience to control it. Okay. And he is a sophomore, right? Red shirt or just a, a true sophomore? Draft eligible. He's a yeah, draft he's, eligible sophomore. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's his okay. third year. Pretty it's his right. third year with the team. But, you know, okay. last year, they, they, you know, everybody right. gets their eligibility back. Because so. I bumped into two scouts uh, the last home series, uh, one from the Diamondbacks, oh, yeah. one from a couple of Rockies, and they said they really like him. He'll have a decision to make. Quality. There's no question about it. He'll yeah. have a decision. I just to make. love him. He reminds me of a young Roger Clemens physically. The hips, the thighs, you, you know, the men. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, this team is a reflection of our coach so much. You know, they're fun to watch. Like Fitzgerald, you know, I thought it was a curve. I don't know. I just hit the ball. And that's the mentality. Sometimes you can overtake <laughs> it, you know. You know, sometimes yeah. you can overtake it. Like you said, on the pitching center. These are 21-year-olds. They want the ball. Now the coach has to know their, you know, their capabilities. But they want the ball. They want to bat. They want to produce. Uh, great job last night, Scott. A great interview. And uh, we've got a knack for hitting grand slams in the Sun Belt Tournament. Yes, uh, we do. Four, five, seven years ago, someone hit a grand slam. Oh, right my field, word, Jay. Bing, bingo. Yes, sir. Bingo. So, hey, one game at a time, and uh, enjoy listening to you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jones. Yes, sir. Top, before I let you go, you know, um, Connor Cook, you know, he brought up Cook losing his father uh, when he was in high school, Kylie, uh, and then Coach Robe. I know you know very tight connection with he and Connor Cook. Robe was the only coach to really kind of believe in him, and he helped him a lot with a number of things, not just baseball. And then his grandfather, I know Connor was very close to, uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's and passed away, um, you know, uh, early last month. So um, for for him to deal with all of that. And whether it's compartmentalizing, whether it's using it to as motivation, whatever it might be, the emotional side of it. In talking to Connor, I don't know when I had him on, Monday, Tuesday, um, he said like the biggest difference for him in terms of the first half of the season and now is the middle aspect of the game. And the coach, B.J. Ryan, got through to him with the idea of you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And it's not like when someone says that suddenly all at once, okay, yeah, I get it, right? There's all these things in your life or in your career that kind of build up to that finally breaking through and meaning more than just words and being put into practice. But he mentioned it more than once when I asked him about it. And for him right now, I think the mental side of it and 
when you can, I think in baseball, especially from a, you're a pitcher, when you're able to properly tap into that emotion, right? Like it, it's, that is the difference between being right mentally and being off mentally when you're on the mound. And he's been able to do it. And he, and he credited, you know, Coach Ryan and the whole staff a lot for that. But, um, you know, what a journey the first team all Sunbelt Conference sophomore pitcher has had from, you know, being the three sport star athlete at Sulphur High, like uh, the last caller mentioned, to being the guy right now on this staff. Um, it's tremendous. So, um, shout out to him and uh and, and I think the mental side of it right now is what's working so well for him. It is. Um I'll tell you this story real quick. It's Cajun All American Wyatt Marks, his junior year in high school, he would try and uh, you learn to let the kids leave him alone. He would get too amped up and he would come out tight, overthrowing this and that. He and he he and I talked about it. It took him a little while to get it ironed out to where he got his emotions in check pregame and motivated but not over amped. And look, yesterday was a big moment. You're emotional. You're a You also know that if I have a bad start, I'm going to end the career of people in that dugout. That's a lot of crumbles. Some guys get amped. Cook was amped. I'm telling you, he was soaking wet in the second inning, and it was noticeable. Control those emotions. Get mentally right. But uh, Cajuns get the win last night. They'll play again tomorrow. Brad Topham has been our guest. Top, I appreciate the time, man. Try to find some biscuits yes, somewhere in Montgomery. I just I need a real legit you. report. I need a real report. Is it actually all it's cracked up to be? Because I know you're not going to lie. If you have biscuits and they're underwhelming, you know, you're going to let me know. Yeah, I, 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 we we can do a food report when I get back because I've been disappointed and and happy about a few uh, meals in the city. I'll just leave it at that. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about it, no doubt. Appreciate the time, Top. All the best, brother. And uh, we'll be listening tomorrow, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. See you later.